Welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. And today's topic is beyond willpower, embracing lifestyle choices for lasting change. But before I get into the topic of the day, I wanted to start off by giving a shout out to my peeps. (laughs) And I don't think I've ever said that out loud, and I definitely did not sound cool. But here we go. So I have this stroke survivor support group that is based out of Inova Loudoun Hospital. And I was in the meeting today, and they uh, happened to run across my the article uh, uh, that I was featured in in Loudon Now, and and somebody mentioned it, and then she said at the end, um, the only downside is that you didn't mention us, and um, it was funny, it was adorable, and I thought. Um, I never know who, like, to talk about and who not to. Like, I make it a point to not um, mention any names of anyone. Um, You know, I don't even mention other people's podcasts unless I'm on the podcast. Um, It's just kind of a thing. So I know she was just uh, saying it in jest, but um, I wanted to say hi to you all. And um, because I think that maybe I gained some listeners today. So uh, the support group is the Stroke Survivors and Caregivers Support Group um, out of Inova Loudoun Hospital. And it is free and it meets virtually on the second Wednesday of every month from 11 a.m. to noon. And there is no registration required. However, if you want more information, you will email Jill. So I will put the information for uh, where you can email if you're interested in the description of the episode. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say welcome. If this is your first time listening, I'm happy to have you. So today I want to talk about the beauty uh, that I have discovered recently of choosing a way of life over relying on willpower. So yesterday marked a significant step in um, my journey in recovery as my boyfriend and I decided to embrace a plant-based diet. Now, We like to call it a plant-based diet rather than calling it vegan because I still have leather shoes, I still have leather seats in my car, and I don't plan on changing that. that. So um, we're really doing it for health reasons. I think very much that it will be um, good for my brain, really, and... um, he has other health reasons that he wants to focus on. He was vegan um, several years ago for a couple years and really had some positive effects on his health. So um, we're going to do it together this time. And it's more than just a new meal plan. It's really a commitment to better health. And that echoes the broader principle that resonates deeply 
in my recovery journey, in both uh, stroke recovery and in sobriety. So willpower, (laughs) willpower is something that uh, for years and years, the first half of my life, I believed that, um, and it wasn't just something that I came up with myself. It's it's what I learned from other people, you know, from people in my environment, that either you have willpower or you don't, you know. Um, and I just concluded that I did not have any willpower because I ended up being an alcoholic. You know, that's, that's how I saw it back then. Um, what I learned later on is that it didn't have anything to do with willpower. I have a disease. And willpower, if you have it, whatever that, whatever that means, if you have it, um, does not make you invincible. And willpower would be based on our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual uh, fitness at any given moment where we are driven to make a decision in our lives. And relying solely on willpower to make individual decisions about my health, my sobriety, my overall well-being as a stroke survivor um, would would be has been a constant battle. You know, like I said, the truth is that our mental state fluctuates and it impacts our ability to consistently make decisions. You know, the next right thing is what I call it a lot of times in my episodes. Well, if I really like take a step back, um, that, that choosing the next right thing idea that I always talk about, it's not that I'm thinking, okay, I have a plate of fried chicken in front of me and a plate of okra, which one am I going to choose? And I choose the okra. It's, it's more about not even, it's, it's more about making the decision before the food's even in front of you. Um, it's about choosing a way of life rather than choosing a plate. It's making a, a more broad decision so that you don't have to make decisions um, ad hoc. Um, I find it easier and I have some examples. It's, It's something that my boyfriend and I have been talking about for several days now. And, um, and so one of the reasons why is so, um, okay, so choosing a way of like, life like adopting a plant-based diet um, or embracing the principles of sobriety and stroke recovery, it offers a path. You know, it's, it's a path that where before you approach decisions, you're already 
you've created a supportive environment and framework that aligns with your values and your goals so that making decisions becomes more of second nature. You're not really um, feeling that, that pressure to choose the next right thing. Um, so making an individual decision at every meal to eat healthy can be exhausting. Um, one example I have is that, so my boyfriend, like I said, was vegan for, for a couple years, um, several years ago, and I ate a lot of vegan stuff back then. I was not vegan. I didn't change my, my diet at all. I was just, you know, trying things out as he was making them. So when I had the option to try some vegan ice cream, I sat down and I ate, you know, I ate a couple bites of the vegan ice cream. And my reaction was, this is terrible. <laughs> I would rather have Breyer's Natural Vanilla Ice Cream because that is my thing. Uh, Breyer's Natural Vanilla Ice Cream. Because I had the choice of eating either the coconut-based, coconut milk-based ice cream or Breyer's ice cream. And, you know, I have free will and I'm going to choose the one that tastes better to me. So I would have and did choose the Breyer's ice cream over the coconut-based ice cream. So as he was vegan for so long and he made all these vegan dishes. He's quite the chef. As I tasted them, I kept thinking in the back of my mind, this is okay, but, and I would compare it to um, whatever else I could eat. I had the uh, ability to eat that was, you know, animal-based. And I never really liked anything. You know, I didn't love anything. So this time around, I have made the decision that I'm, I too am going to eat a plant-based diet. And it's interesting that all the things that I tasted when he was vegan are now very good. <laughs> They're very acceptable to me. I had coconut-based ice cream last night with chocolate syrup on top. And yes, the chocolate syrup was vegan. And I thought, this is pretty good. Actually, I kind of like the coconut, uh, you know, added flavor to it. And so him and I were talking about it, and I'm like, I really think that the reason why I like this ice cream now, and I didn't like it before, is that I have made a decision, a way of life, that I am choosing to eat healthy, and as a result, I'm going to explore all the things in the world of healthy eating and find the things that I like. Before, it was like, here's something that you should like, do you? You know? Uh, um, so 
it it led me to wanting to create this episode because um when i adopt a lifestyle that's centered around healthy eating it becomes a default you know it simplifies my choices and then similarly in my journey through recovery i've realized that building my lifestyle around my recovery nurtures my well-being and it becomes a sanctuary you know what i have built around me this lifestyle becomes a sanctuary in itself for me um and this approach really shields me from vulnerable moments. And this is important as a recovering alcoholic. Um, I, I mention all the time, I go to the 7 a.m. sobriety meeting, and there are folks that are in and out of there. There are people who relapse. There are people who can't get through 30 days and have been trying for years to get 30 days sober. But um, they relapse uh, within a month. They always do. And I wish that I knew how to just bottle whatever it is that I have and give it to these folks that struggle. Um, It's not that I didn't struggle before. I had a hard time getting uh, 24 hours for years. I I just couldn't do it. I couldn't... um, I could not fathom not picking up a drink in 24 hours. It was just inconceivable to me. Um, so if I knew what changed, if again, if I could bottle that, I, w- I would hand it out to every alcoholic I know. Um, but when I think about somebody coming back into a meeting and saying that they relapsed, I think about this idea about, okay, they must have had a vulnerable moment and didn't use the tools of the program. That's, that's what I would typically think. Um, So the tools of the program is like, did you pick up the phone and call your sponsor? Did you call somebody else in the program? Did you read your uh, sobriety literature? Did you go to a meeting? You know, what did you do to try to combat that um, urge to drink? But it's that it's that holistic commitment to a way of life for me that I finally was able to make where I didn't have to make the decision anymore not to pick up a drink. Um, it just wasn't an option anymore. And, and there, so I had two instances before I, uh, got the, before this, this, uh, phase of my sobriety where I've been sober for seven and a half years, I had two instances where I thought I made the decision. I thought I made a decision to change my way of life, but clearly I hadn't because I ended up drinking again. Um, 
that's the part that's really difficult for um for us alcoholics is to understand what what is the difference what was the difference between the time that I thought I made the decision to not drink and I drank and the second time when I made the decision to not drink and I still haven't drank um you know, it's kind of, it's a mystery. I reached my low, um, you know, but I don't want to go too far into that, that side of things. But it is this way of life that I decided, finally, so that I didn't have to rely on my willpower anymore to not pick up a drink when things just got plain old shitty in my life. And things have been shitty here and there over the time that I've been sober. But having this kind of approach like safeguard, safeguards me on those days when my mental or emotional state could lead me to abandoning my chosen path temporarily. And it's not about being perfect because I've talked about, I talked about it yesterday, progress it's not about being perfect. It's about having a guiding principle, you know, like a North Star that supports me even during challenging times. In my own experience, um, I cannot rely on my willpower at all. It's like I just have dropped the word willpower from my vocabulary, honestly. I learned in my program that, um, and I'm still learning, to rely on a higher power, you know, like his will be done, not mine. And this isn't something that I grew up with. This is something that's new to me. Um, I'm learning how to be more spiritual and believe in something outside of myself. And it doesn't have to be God. Um it can be whatever I choose. Um, mine happens to be what I call God and a bunch of other stuff. Um, what matters the most is that what I believe in isn't, uh, isn't me. <laughs> I'm not God, you know, it's, I'm, I'm putting trust and faith in things outside of me in my stroke support group that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode in my sobriety uh, network, and um, and in my higher power, this this higher power that I believe in and that works in my life. Um, so by doing that, I don't feel like I'm tempted to drink. You know, I don't feel like I'm every time I'm in front of a TV. I'm not making the decision to not look at the TV. Um, and I say that because of my stroke symptoms being my vision. I don't make these decisions um, as they arrive. I make these decisions when I wake up in the morning. I make one decision, right? I make a decision that I'm going to continue this way of life that I have chosen for myself. And that way of life starts with a 7 a.m. sobriety meeting, and it continues on to um, embracing new hobbies, 
um, throwing myself into my podcast and into uh, reaching out to others and growing my network in my stroke recovery and making sure that, um, you know, I take a nap every day and that I end the, I bookend my day with recording this podcast. Today, side note, I decided to do it early because I want to write a book and I have not been having enough time to sit down to write the book. So I'm, I'm shifting my day a little bit to see if I can figure out how to fit that in. I'm almost done with chapter one and I've just kind of stalled out. Anywho, um, so let's see, shaping a life that supports sobriety when I wake up in the morning, looking at my life as one that supports sobriety, one that supports my stroke recovery, meaning my my brain health, um, you know, the pain in my head, um, one that supports nourishing my body. And I think that I have been missing that part. Um, I've mentioned a couple times over the past several months my challenges with my weight. And right now I'm at a very low point of my weight because when I feel emotionally a little down, I stop eating. So um, that's something that I need to focus on. And, and that's kind of what this whole vegan thing is. I know that sounds a little like, hmm, are you sure you should be going vegan? Maybe you should just focus on eating altogether. But um, surprisingly, this focus on being vegan, I'm eating more and I'm eating healthier as well. So, so far so good. I know it's only been a day and a half, but we'll see. I'll keep you updated. So this is a decision that I make one time in the morning, a holistic, um, my holistic well-being, you know, is, is my decision in the morning. So I think, I think, you know, I really just wanted to share about the difference there uh, because I was in my, my stroke survivor support group meeting today and an incredibly supportive group. I just, I really adore them. You know, I have only been like maybe four or five times. I don't even know if that many times, but it's just such a, it feels like family, like already. It feels just as strong to me as my, um, my 7am sobriety meeting that I've been going to for like seven or three years, this particular group. Um, but I mentioned about some of these things that I do that I go to my sobriety meeting and then in the evening I do my podcast and, and somebody mentioned that I have a hard time being consistent like that. And I said, uh, and you guys know this because I talk about it on the podcast, but I said, those are times when I turn my wanter off and I just do it anyway. Um, and you all know what that means. Uh, I just, that's where it comes in, where I don't make a decision to do this podcast right before I hit play. The decision was already made when I woke up this morning. So I'm just 
doing what I'm supposed, what I chose to do when I woke up. Um, it's not about these individual decisions. It's about embracing a lifestyle that aligns with my aspirations, my values, and builds a foundation to support my growth and nurture my well-being one day at a time. And I learned that in sobriety. I think the whole world knows about (laughs) the sobriety program and how we focus on one day at a time. It's a big thing. Um, And that's what it looks like for me. It looks like when I open my eyes in the morning, I remember, number one, Rachel, you're an alcoholic. Number two, Rachel, you had a stroke. And number three, yes, I still want to get out of bed and I still want to be a better human being than I was yesterday. And there you go. My feet hit the floor. Um, I, my feet don't hit the floor running. I'm not crazy, but, but my feet hit the floor and, um, and I start filling in my journey for the day, you know, my journey of recovery for the day that I'm in and, and try to make some sort of progress, whatever that looks like. And that is still to, to be determined, right? We talked about that yesterday. So thank you so much for listening, and um, I will talk to you tomorrow.